War Eagle. This is War Bloggle with Bloggle spot number 153. It is September 15th. Beware the Ides of September. It is 95 degrees outside and it's a little bit before 5 o'clock. It's Thursday before the Texas A&M game. Uh, Tiger Talks tonight at Bob's Victory Grill. Not that that's a plug. Um, I haven't been this year because it's always tough to get in there. Bring back Buffalo Connection, please. But anyway, um, so I was thinking about this game a little bit more today. Actually, let me say, I uh, posted my predictions today. We've got um, no SEC games tonight. There's Houston and Cincinnati tonight, which I did not pick. Tubby has been one to ruin a season or two. Uh, he might do it, and hopefully we, he will do it so we don't have to hear about Houston all year. Um, but also I have posted my Stranger Things post where I kind of make fun of and look at the weirder parts of the other team, and boy, does Texas A&M have some weird stuff. We know they've got some weird stuff. You just look at their yell leaders and, and go from there. Uh, but I found quite a few, maybe the basis or reasoning of why, why they're weird, and just a bunch of other little things. So go check that out, warbloggle.com. Stranger Things, Texas A&M at Auburn is what it's called. Uh, and read my predictions. Read the other sideline with the guy from Tex Ags. Which, by the way, Tex Ags, I know Texas is huge, and they've got a lot of money over there. And we might not think Texas A&M is a huge deal. I mean, they're good in basketball. They're pretty good in baseball, and they're decent. I mean, they're good in football. They're top 20, at least. Uh, but... I know we don't, I don't, we don't think about them that much. I don't. I mean, I, I don't think about them as much as I think about LSU, Alabama, Georgia, all those. But their website, I'm, not, I'm giving them a plug right now just because their website is very good. I don't know what if they're part of a uh, – if they're rivals or whatever. I feel like they're rivals. Yeah, they are. Uh, but they've got a lot of people writing, and they do a lot of cool stuff, stuff that I hated to say that I liked. Like I posted it earlier – they uh, got an Auburn football helmet and put liquid nitro put it in liquid nitrogen, which froze it, and then they smashed it with a sledgehammer, which was painful to see, but it's a great idea for some content. Then they had a guy that uh, pretty much turned a picture of a computer on a desk, used Photoshop, and turned it into like an Auburn a sad Auburn fans thing. Hated to say I liked it, but it was pretty awesome. So anyway. If you want to go read some stuff, go read their stuff. Yes, it makes fun of Auburn sometimes, but we're all in this for fun. Um, so, I was thinking more about the game, trying to think of a prediction for the game and all of that. Auburn is a three-and-a-half point favorite. There, people are asking why. Well, you get three points for it being a home Oh, man. I yawn every day on the way home when these things out. <clears throat> you get three points for being a home, the home team. So, Auburn's a half-point favorite if you really want to think about it. So they think Auburn's going to win by one point, or that's your that's your bet. Is Auburn going to lose, or Auburn going to win? That's pretty much it. Um, yes, you could win by one or two points, but whatever. It's not a pick em, but it's as close as you can get. Um, so why is that the case? Well, I don't think – I said this earlier this week. I think Auburn and Texas A&M have pretty much shown the same things. They have looked – in terms of results of the games, they've looked the same. They've both played a team they should beat. Now, Auburn's was a little bit tougher. But they both blew out the teams they should beat. 
then they played UCLA, who was ranked around 19 or 20, I think, at the time. Was beating them 24 to 9, let them come back in the last five minutes and tie it up, and then had to beat them in overtime. Auburn lost by five, by what, six points to Clemson, the number two team. I'm going to call that even. Losing to the number two team by six points is about the same thing as beating the number 19 team in overtime. I'm just going to say that it took the same amount of effort and feats of strength. So we're going to say Auburn and Texas A&M have kind of looked the same. Now, Texas A&M <clears throat> doesn't really have a great running game. They never do. They've got Trevor Knight, who, if you remember him, he played as a freshman at Oklahoma, beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl in 2013. Um, so we all kind of loved him for a second. Then he transferred because he wasn't playing. Then he dated uh, the Duck Dynasty girl over the summer. Then she broke up with him, and now he's the quarterback at Texas A&M. Uh, he can run. I don't think he's a great passer. He's a decent passer. Texas A&M has really good wide receivers, as they always do. Really fast, big guys, as they always do. They have a good offensive line. They have good defensive ends and a terrible rest. No, I won't say terrible rest of the defense, but that has always, always been their weak spot, especially since they've been in the SEC. They've got Miles Garrett and some other dude on the other end that are supposedly really good, um, and then the rest is kind of garbage. So if you look at Auburn, Auburn's got a stout defensive line, good defensive ends. Linebackers have stepped up this year. DBs are playing formidable. Um, offensive line got tons better since the first game. Yes, that might have something to do with it being Arkansas State, but still just seemed more in sync. Um, Sean White, I mean, I, I, don't, I can't say he's worse than Trevor Knight. I don't know if he's better, but I don't think it's really a it's too close to call kind of thing. And then I think Auburn's receivers might be a tiny step below theirs, but that's just because we haven't, we didn't really see, I don't know, you got Kyle Davis, who might be as good as their guy. You got Marcus Davis, who's good. You've got um, Will Hastings. We can laugh about that all we want, but he's scored a touchdown and got quite a few catches. Um, Darius Slayton. We've got some good ones. I don't know if they're as good as the entire unit at Texas A&M, but they're close. Now, where Auburn definitely excels is in running back, and that, I would say that just with on Johnson. I would say that if we had not seen uh, Cameron Petway. But with the addition, addition of Cameron Petway, um, Auburn is, is a good head and shoulders above Texas A&M's running game. And then, obviously, you've got the home field advantage. So, quickly, let me go through that. Quarterback, I'll just call it even because I don't. There, there's no real way to go. Running back, Auburn's got the edge. Texas, uh, wide receivers, I'll give Texas A&M the edge. Overall defense, Auburn's got the edge. Um, so, I think, you know, other than wide receivers and that's it. I mean, honestly, they their strength is their defensive ends, but I don't know if they're any if Miles Garrett is any better than Carl Lawson. I mean, I think Auburn's whole defensive line is stout where theirs, they have one guy who's really, really, really good. So, 
Why is Auburn favored? I think that's why. They showed last week with one quarterback what they can do. Um, I don't know why people nationally and, and even regionally and even in the state, AL.com, some writers, talk calling Gus Malzahn the, the coach of the quarterback carousel or the coach that rotates quarterbacks. He did that one game, and he really only did it about one half, maybe three quarters. Sean White played most of the second half. Um, are we that are we that starved for for funny things to say? I mean, he did it one time. He admitted it was probably not the best plan. Still, almost worked, mind you. Uh, but you know, once he he we settled on Sean and and all that. Sean is is good. I mean, he can run. He he's like. He's like a quicker version of Chris Todd. No offense to Chris Todd, my homeboy. But he, it's like the same thing. It's like 2009. When, when they called a uh, quarterback draw, Chris Todd would get 10 to 15 yards every time because they were never, ever, ever expecting it. Sean White, when he calls it, he gets 10 to 15 to 20 yards because they don't expect it. They might expect it now a little bit. But he, I mean, he's actually quicker. He's pretty quick. He's shown the knack to not just want to get down. He made a play that carry on Johnson run as awesome as that was. It would never have happened if he had not just lateraled the ball as he was falling down. Talking about Sean White. So, I mean, he's, it's almost like, I'm not going to call him Nick Marshall type, but he's almost like that in the sense of he's not just going to fall down. He's going to spin and try to get more yards. Now, he probably needs to get down sometimes, and I think Malzahn kind of mentioned that earlier this week, that they like that he's a gamer, but they wish he would kind of maybe calm it down a little bit. But we're only talking about one game's worth of, of craziness at this point. Um, so, you know, I honestly think Auburn has the advantage more in more sec in more pieces of the, of the game than Texas A&M does. I know in 2014, Auburn should have blown out Texas A&M. I think it was a 20-point spread. And they were led at halftime by more than a touchdown. And then Auburn kind of came back, shot themselves in the foot at the very end after a terrible call and a fumble uh, that meant that the butt fumble never should have happened because the fumble before where, Car- where uh, Cameron Artis Payne got it, they pulled the ball out of the pile. But we've already talked about that this week. We're not going to talk about that anymore because that's kind of like talking about the uh, horse collar that just will never, ever, 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 ever go away. The non-horse collar, actually. When Chris Frost falls to the ground, he is not touching Johnny Manziel in any form with his hands. His his first hand did pull the back of his jersey, but by the time they're going down, he's holding on to nothing. And he was Johnny Manziel was not snatched back. He did not get pulled back in a a manner that that would have broken something, uh, you know, snapped something, pulled something, anything. He didn't. He did not. He did not go down in the way that a horse collar would have happened. Would have made him go down. So get over. It. I mean, there, I've, I saw a video today. Can't remember what site it was, and it was basically just the horse collar, the what they call the horse collar, over and over for like five minutes, just acting like that's the reason they lost. Okay, say that happens. Say that's a horse collar. That means they have the ball on about the 15 or 10 yard line 
with about 20 seconds to go. Needing a touchdown. Does that mean they were going to score? No. D. Ford could have sacked him on that next play, just like he did after the non-horse collar. I mean, we're talking about one play three years ago that did not lead to points or would not have led to points. So, get over it, you cult. You cult. Yes, go read the Stranger Things thing. I talk about a cult quite a bit. Um, what else? Yeah, there's, it's, you can watch a football game on Twitter tonight, apparently. The Bills and the Jets. Uh, it's on CBS, but Twitter is, is also showing it if you have Apple TV or something like that. You can download the Twitter app. I don't know why I'm, like, promoting the Bills and the Jets, but you can download the Twitter app and, and watch the game, and it apparently will show tweets and, like, have, like, an interactive thing going on. So, yeah. But I'm head to, headed to Baby Bloggle's soccer game right now. Anyway, so two days away. If you're in town, go to Bob's Victory Grill tonight. That's always fun. And then wear a Buffalo Connection sign and say, Bob is a former bammer. Why are we having it here? Uh, what else? I think that's probably it. That's it. Bloggle spot number 153. Done. War Eagle.